Hi, my name is Krista Alexanderson, and I work here at YWAM Harpenden. I'm a mom, I have three kids, a loving husband who's from Sweden, um, and I'm passionate about discipleship, and I'm passionate about the poor and the needy and seeing God um, taken to all nations on the earth. And I have the amazing opportunity um, to be here to talk with you guys. Um, so subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Facebook. Um, if you want to hear more, there's some really exciting teachings coming your way. Today, I'm going to talk to you on the subject of hearing God's voice. Communication is absolutely critical to any relationship we have. Um, and how much more so is it to be in right communication with God? In a healthy, growing relationship with the Lord, communication, hearing His voice, talking with Him is absolutely essential. I've had the opportunity to talk with a lot of young people and teach in various conferences and mission events. And whenever there's a subject of hearing God's voice as an option for a teaching, it's always the subject that is packed. There's always a lot of people signing up for it because I think there's a lot of interest in the subject of hearing God's voice. There's also a lot of confusion and questions and can I hear God's voice? Who hears God's voice? How does it work? So it's one that generates a lot of interest. Um, and I've had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper in exploring that and studying it. Um, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to share it with you guys today. So if you haven't known um, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, we're an organization that is basically built upon hearing the Word of God. It is at the very core of who we are, the very DNA about who we are. Um, our founder, Lauren Cunningham, a long time ago, he had a, a vision, and it was of waves of young people crashing onto a seashore, and these young people were then going out into all the nations. Um, and this vision hit hard with him, and he knew it was the Lord speaking to him, and he acted upon it. Um, and from that obedience and walking that out, and many other words of the Lord, we've now become one of the largest mission-sending organizations in the world, with people in thousands of, well, not thousands of places, many places with thousands of people working, all because it started with one obedience to word of the Lord, which multiplied out. Not only is it um, involved in our more spiritual practices like prayer or worship, but we also involve God in our ministries, in our practical work, um, things we do with our hands, as well as our teaching, with the schools we run, as well as, even most importantly, our relationships with each other and people outside of here. Hearing God's voice is essential and critical in everything that we do, not just in YWAM, but as growing healthy Christians. I'm especially excited about this topic because it's the topic and the revelation that changed my walk with God. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. I have great Christian parents. Um, I went to church. I did youth group. I did all these things. Um, but I would say, looking back, that my faith was very much religion and not so much relationship. And it worked up until university. University, I decided to go study abroad. I left my family. I left the country that I was living in. Um, and I was faced with a lot of <laughs> different scenarios than I was used to. I no longer have the safety of my family around me. I had no longer the safety of a church that knew me and that I'd just always attended. So I had to make things for myself and make my new path of where I would go, how I would incorporate God. And it did not go so well. Um, There's a lot of temptations, a lot of things that I stepped into that slowly started tearing me away from the Lord. Now, because I didn't have, I would say, a relationship with God, the way I functioned was that if I did bad things, 
which I did at university, then I needed to outweigh them with the good things. Maybe you can relate. You feel guilty. Oh, I really shouldn't have done that. Okay, now I'm going to go to church and pray, and then I'll feel better about myself, and God won't be so angry with me because I did these bad things. And that's kind of how I went through four years of university. Let me tell you, it didn't work very well. I really struggled with worry. Ever since I was a kid, I struggled with worry. It was a big problem in my fear of man, anxiety. And I don't want to use the word depression um, because it's a very loaded word, but I was quite low um, towards the end of my university time. And I remember being at my job. I worked in a hospital and I went to go file these files that I had to down in the basement. There's no one there. It's deathly quiet, very peaceful, and I knew no one would walk in. And I remember kneeling on the ground, filing these files, and all of a sudden I just started crying. And I started weeping because I just felt so alone and so desperate and kind of meaningless. And I cried out to God and I said, God, where are you? You know, I've tried to follow your ways now for 21 years, and I don't really feel that my life is any better than people who don't know you. I just feel I have a lot more rules I have to follow. It's, it's not exciting. I don't think it's worth pursuing, and I'm so low, and I just feel you're not present. And I was pouring out my heart to him, and then I just sat and cried. And then I felt like I wouldn't have said God's voice then because I didn't know that God could speak to me. But I felt like this voice in me that said, Krista, you know a lot about me, but you do not know me. And I was struck by that. I just sat and I mulled that over and I was like, it's true. I don't know God. I know that he is a father, but I don't know him as my father. I know that he is a good and faithful friend. I've read about that. I see it in the stories. But is he my good and faithful friend? I don't know him as that. He was distant. He was God up there, and I was down here. And I realized, wow, there's a huge disconnect in my faith. It just so happened to be that, that following that summer, I was going to do a DTS. It was one of those unplanned, totally untypical of me, God things, where I ended up on this DTS. And I, it's a discipleship training school. And I went to Sweden. Um, and one of the first weeks of the lectures on this school was the topic of hearing God's voice. I came in a little bit skeptical. Um, I come from a critical thinking family, which I think is, is great, but sometimes I overanalyze stuff and I was, wasn't sure how this was going to go. Is it going to be this weird, make us do weird things? Um, so I was a little bit skeptical. But I was so pleasantly surprised. I was blown away by the revelation of God that he wants to speak to me. And all of a sudden, for the first time ever, I realized I can listen to God. He wants to talk to me. He has been talking to me. And many times I've been ignoring his voice just because I didn't take time to listen. And slowly, as that sunk in, and I started to realize, okay, this is something I can walk in. And then the next week we had the topic of character of God. And we learned who God was. And we went deeper into his character. And I was like, if this is who God is, and he's all these good things, and he's so trustworthy, then I can trust him with my life. I can trust that what he's going to talk to me about is good and good for me. And suddenly my relationship with God switched from being about religion and doing things for God because I had to, all the way to doing things for God because I wanted to. Because all of a sudden he was my friend, he was my father, he was my God, and I wanted to do things and be obedient to God because I loved him and I saw that it honored him and I saw that it brought him um, pleasure and that it brought him joy. And so it was a radical change in the way that I 
functioned as a believer and it brought joy and peace to my life. Anxiety, which was a massive struggle of mine and still can creep in to this day, but it, it, I now have this outlet to talk with and have someone talk back to me and calm me down and just the peace of God came over me. So it shifted everything. Um, and that's why I'm really passionate about this topic. I think it's important to know that Christians and non-Christians alike can hear God's voice. It is not just Christians. It would be impossible for someone to get saved if they could not hear the voice of God, right? It's the voice of God that lovingly leads us to repentance and into his kingdom. So everyone can hear the voice of God, whether or not they recognize it or not. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, God spoke from the outside in. So you will read often that there were prophets or angels or um, dreams and visions that people had that God would speak to his people by. Now in the New Testament, we're really blessed. Um, we now get to hear God both from the outside in, but also from the inside out. So we have been given through Christ a gift called the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Holy Spirit is is a gift from God that allows us to hear from the Lord personally and individually. Um, John 14 talks a lot about the Holy Spirit, and he says that the Holy Spirit was sent as a spirit of truth, as a counselor to be with us forever. I know I've looked up over the years a little bit of what a counselor does, and a counselor is someone who guides you, right? You, you process with them, you share your thoughts, you share your feelings, your struggles, and they don't necessarily give you the right answer every time of do this or do that, but they help you organize your thoughts, right? They, they, give you, they question things back. They'll, they'll ask you, are you really sure about that? They, they will bring advice, and that's so much what Holy Spirit does. He helps us organize our thoughts. He works with us so that we can come to good decisions in life that bring life in our own life, but also in the lives of those around us. So he is there for each and every believer. The question is, are we listening? John chapter 10 also uses a beautiful measure, of, uh, um, a beautiful picture of hearing God's voice. Um, it's a classical one of Jesus being the shepherd and we are the sheep. Um, and it shows that we are created naturally to hear the voice of God. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So a sheep learns to hear a shepherd's voice, not just automatically like that, but a sheep learns to hear the shepherd's voice because he spends time with them. Right from the moment that he was born up until when he's a big sheep, whatever they're called, he, he knows the shepherd's voice because he's walked with him and he trusts him. Now I've looked on YouTube for like videos, it's kind of weird, but they are there, videos of shepherds speaking to their sheep. And there are quite a few. And when a shepherd speaks to his sheep, he does this really weird noise, almost like I would say this like squawk, and he just yells it loudly, and it's so random. But his sheep will follow that weird noise. They know right away, that's my shepherd, and they follow. And the other sheep don't recognize that voice. They don't even move. They just sit there because that's not the voice that they knew. And I thought, what a beautiful picture. As believers, we learn to know our master, our Jesus's call. And we suddenly learn as we grow in hearing his voice 
the other voices that are speaking to us, that's not, that's not my God. I'm not going to listen to that. This is the voice of my God. And we get better and better at distinguishing that. Knowing and hearing God is the absolute basic right, um, basic privilege of every single believer. I would say it's impossible to function effectively as a believer without hearing God's voice. Um, I think for many people, the question isn't really, does God speak? Because if you read the Bible, you see, okay, yes, he speaks. I think the real question for a lot of us is, does he speak to me? Does God have something for me personally? I want to go to the scriptures um, because from beginning to end, we see a God that communicates with his people. And um, in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, what do we see? We have God created the earth, we have the animals and everything, and then we have Adam, and then we got Eve along the way, and we have God. There's no other people. That's, it's, that's what it is, right? And I was thinking about it. I'm like, there's no other plan. They haven't fallen yet. They haven't sinned. So there's literally just them. And what was their task in life? There's no great commission to save the lost. Their task was to enjoy this beautiful garden, enjoy eating of the fruits, naming the animals, you know, all these things. It was also to work the land, that work was good, and they were supposed to do that together. And then third, they were to be in relationship with God. And it says that God walked among them and that he went in and out of the garden with them. Those were their days. So mankind, from the very beginning, the reason we were created was to be in fellowship with God. That was always the goal and always is the goal. And along the way, as we all know, we broke trust with God. We decided that actually maybe we know better than God. And we took a bite of apple and sin came into the world and it set up barriers in our relationship with God because God is holy and sin is not. And it creates this um, tension that we can't enter into his holiness in the same way. Thankfully, um, for God, his redeeming plan has always been to bring us back into that pure relationship with God. Um, and through Christ and his death and his resurrection, we now have the ability to re-enter into his presence through the forgiveness of sins. It's amazing. And we can still have that relationship with God even now. It's not like we have to wait to heaven to hear God's voice or be back into that. We have it now. Eternity is from the moment that we accept Christ. And we can live in a living relationship with the Lord even now. So from this picture, I want to get to you guys that the main purpose of hearing God's voice is for relationship. All other things are really wonderful fruits of hearing God's voice, but they're not the main purpose. So often when I ask a class, what do you think the main reason we've been created to hear God's voice is? The number one answer is for guidance. We hear God's voice so that we know what to do next, so that we know where to go or where to study or what to do. Um, then we'll often hear about correction, that we hear God's voice so that we can be corrected and convicted and work with our sin, to be encouraged, to make good decisions. All these things God definitely speaks about, but they're not the main reason that we were created to hear his voice. Darlene Cunningham, Lauren's wife, has this simple quote that I really love. She says, true guidance is getting closer to the guide. And I love that because it's so simple. Real guidance is knowing God. And as we know God, our heart starts to connect with the things that are on his heart. And we start to long for the same things God wants. And suddenly we're working together and we're creating in this beautiful world. So relationship has always been at the heart. 
If you were hoping on this video to get like a step one, step two, step three answer for this is how I hear God and now I've got it, you'll be very disappointed because hearing God's voice is not a mechanical process. It is a relational process. It's about getting to know someone. So no formulas, guys. I think it's really important that you, well, all of us realize that God wants to hear our voice, that um, God is not, you know, just sitting on a cloud doing his own thing. And if you want to talk to me, that's that's great. God really wants to hear your voice. Um, Psalm 23 is probably one of the most famous Psalms, I would think. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord walks beside me. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. And it goes on and on with how personal it is. It's from David. And it's the same with us. God wants to be involved in your life. You as a person, not just you as a church or your pastor who will then tell you what to do. No, God's created you so that you can hear the voice of God as well. Sometimes we put up walls to God. I know I did that, that ah, God doesn't want to hear me. I've messed up so many times in my life. And we get filled with shame and guilt. And we think that we're not deserving of hearing God's voice, that he wouldn't want to talk to me because I've done so much wrong. I know I'm the first to have struggled, not the first to have struggled with that, guys. Um, And we put up this block. I want to say to you guys that you are never too far away to turn around and say, like, God, I've messed up. Forgive me. Would you meet with you? And he is always there to be like, you're forgiven. And he's speaking to you over and over. Even when you're in the deepest sin, he's still speaking out his love to you and he's there for you. He says that he's a good father. Many of us might not have had the most perfect father, but God is the perfect father. God is faithful and no good father exists only to rebuke their children or discipline them um, or just to tell them what to do. A good father is one that listens and that loves well and takes care of their uh, kids in, in all ways and is overshadowing them with love. And I think that's the same with God um, and our relationship with the Lord. It has been scientifically shown that children who grow up in a household where they feel loved and accepted um, and where that love is communicated well, they grow up to be adults that function better, that make good decisions. Um, and the question is, why is that? Because they feel safe and they feel free to make, dis- um, to make decisions and to make mistakes, to be themselves, to grow in a nurturing and protective environment. And it's the same with God. People who immerse themselves in God's love and allow God to speak to them that he loves them, they grow up to be healthy, mature Christians because they feel safe in his presence and they feel safe to make mistakes and come back to him. So I think one of the primary things that God is speaking every day, 24-7, to you, to me, is how much he loves you. Uh, It is easy, I think, to belittle that. It is easy to be like, that is Sunday School 101. I know Jesus loves me. It's the answer to everything. And we kind of brush it off like, I want something meatier from God. I want something more substantial, something more life-changing. But if we were to stop and reflect every day on the fact that the creator of the universe loves us and what does that mean, our lives would look totally different, totally different. God has created us to work together with him. He doesn't actually need any of us to fulfill his purposes. He could do it all on his own, right? He is God. But he's chosen to limit himself, to to work together with us, to co-create. He wants to be involved in all areas of your life. 
So for those of you um, who are listening who are working full-time in a job, God cares about your work. Um, he wants to be involved in your work. For those of you who are stay-at-home moms, kind of like me, God cares about your kids. He cares about you as a mom. He wants to give input into that. For those of you who are thinking about studying, your education, politics, whatever, all those different spheres we call them of our life that are not just church, God cares about all of them and he speaks into them that often we just don't include him because we think God only speaks about my small group or my youth group stuff or my church stuff and we limit him to that area and we don't give him access to actually the other 90% of the things that we're doing in our lives. And God, I think, is crying out being like, let me be involved. Let me engage with you guys in these things. I have so much I want to share with you. He created science and nature and art and all these beautiful things. If he created them, he wants to be involved in them. So I have lots of stories. I don't have time to tell them, um, but I'm going to share two that stick out to me for some reason always um, when I talk about hearing God's voice. And one of them actually I only heard about a year ago, um, and it's on the subject of science and technology. Um, I'm not typically a nerdy science and technology person, but this story I really loved because it shows how God speaks into everything. So I was reading um, in a news clip uh, about a year ago about a man named James Irwin. He was an astronaut on Apollo 15. In 1971, he went to the moon. Not many people have done that. Pretty cool. Um, and he described himself as a nominal, half-hearted Christian. He went to church, but that was about the extent of his Christian faith. So James goes to the moon, as one does, and he's on the moon, and he's standing there, and he's, you know, I guess when you're on the moon, you only have so much time because you have to go back into your spacecraft. So he's, he's spending time working on this um, experiment that he needs very much to collect all this data. So it's multi-millions you know, of dollars he needs to set this up. For some reason, the experiment wouldn't work. Every time he set it up the way he'd done it a thousand times, it just didn't work. And he was so frustrated. He was like, I don't have anyone to help me. I'm on the moon by myself. Like, I have to figure this out. And it just wouldn't work. And he was so low. And he said, out of desperation and in a very half-hearted way, he just stopped. And he said, God, I need you right now. I need you to help me fix this. I don't know how to do it. And he said, in that instant, It was like the presence of God just showered upon him. He could almost feel it in his hands. He said it was so thick around him that immediately he said he had to turn around and look over his shoulder because he could have sworn God was standing right there. It was such a heavy atmosphere of the Lord's presence. And he just cried and he was impacted by this. And then he regroups and he goes to his experiment and he just has the knowledge of how to fix what he did wrong. And he resurrects this experiment to get the data that he needs. And he carries on and he gets the data and he goes in his spacecraft and he goes home, right? Now, the amazing part was, I think, is that God cared about James's science experiment, right? I don't know that he would have given James the wisdom if James didn't ask, but he did ask and God spoke. And that moment changed the course of James' life forever. When he came back to earth, he replayed that over and over and he realized, wow, I've been missing out on relationship with God. That's what it's about, not what I was doing before. And he actually left um, his job in science, and not saying God says to do this all the time, but he did in James's case. Um, and he led James into a full-time missions career. And James went on for 20 years to travel the world and preach the gospel with 
using his fame as an astronaut, he got to speak to key leaders all over the world and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to so many people in so many nations, which is absolutely amazing, just because of this one encounter where the Lord spoke. I want to share a much more lighthearted, um, personal way that God speaks, because I think it just shows, yeah, how God speaks to everyone, kids included. So I'm a mom of three, um, and two years ago, I went to Spain with my family, with my parents, um, and we went to a city called Granada. And I had my two kids at that point, um, and one of them was uh, four, yeah, four years old. Her name is Kyla. And she carried around a stuffed bunny with her everywhere. Um, I don't know about you, but a lot, you might have seen a lot of kids have like a favorite stuffed toy that they're obsessed with. Kyla had a bunny. And so she had this toy that she would bring everywhere. And reluctantly, I agreed that she could take it for this day outing in this city. So she had it in the stroller with her. Life was fine. Sunny, beautiful Granada. Life's great. We go for about 45 minutes through the town. And all of a sudden, Kyla goes, can I have bunny? And I'm like you should have him. I gave him to you at the start. So I look, Kyla doesn't have Bunny. We go through my backpack, my parents' backpacks, everything. Bunny is missing. Somehow along the way, she has dropped this stuffed bunny. Immediately in my head, I'm stressing. Any mom out there will relate like, oh my gosh, this week-long holiday is ruined. She's going to be crying about this every day. My heart is a bit sad for her because she's so attached to it. Like she's going to be so upset tonight. And I'm replaying all these scenarios in my head. And I'm like, okay, we got to find this. And my dad's like, yeah, we got to find this bunny. So we go back along the route that we went and we're looking for this bunny. And we get all the way back to the start where our car was and we did not find this bunny. And I was so frustrated and discouraged. And we sat down on a bench and we just sort of sat there, me and my dad and my mom. And Kyla was none the wiser. She was happily laughing and unaware of the situation. And then I felt this thought of like, have you asked God? And I must say, at that moment, I was very unfull of faith and like, this is a stuffed animal. God has better things to do than find a stuffed animal. But I was like, you know what? This is what I was taught. This is what I teach. Of course I can ask God about this stuff. So I was like, right, mom, dad, Kyla, Maya was too small. We're going to ask God where your buddy is and we're going to see if he tells us. So we all close our eyes in the middle of the city and I'm like, Holy Spirit, you know, you know where the bunny is. Can you reveal to us? And we wait on God. I feel nothing, like nothing, just frustration. We open our eyes. My mom and dad are like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> they don't feel anything. And then Kyla goes, God says bunnies in a tree. And I was like, oh, that's helpful. And we're like, okay. She was, and then she just laughed. She's like, bunnies in a tree. We're like, wow, okay. And I was like, well, good job. Good for trying, sweetheart. God speaks to us. It's not always right, you know, totally dismissing it. But we go along our way and we're just stop looking for it and we're just gonna go try to enjoy the day and forget about it. Um, and my mom goes, I just wanna ask one more person. So she takes out Google Translate to this guy. They all speak Spanish, no English. And she writes, have you seen a bunny? And to our surprise, he goes, yes. Somewhere up that path, I saw one when I was cleaning. He was a cleaner. So we go up this path that we had not been on before. This was a new path. It was up a hill that we hadn't been. Um, and we don't see it. And we just stop. And my mom stands behind this hedge. And then she looks over the hedge as we're talking about what to do. And there, on this huge tree behind the hedge, on the tree trunk, is Kyla's bunny. Just lying there. Must have been picked up by someone, I guess, and cast away and thrown into this tree. 
And I was blown away by the goodness of God in that, that, you know, God speaks from, to the smallest of child to the oldest person. It doesn't matter how many years you have walked with him. It doesn't matter if you know the teachings of hearing God's voice or not. He cares. He cared about her bunny. Um, and he spoke to Kyla, even when my faith was very little. He proved me wrong. And he showed me that he's involved in silly things like that, that were important to my daughter. And I can share with you story after story of how he has spoken into insignificant things like that, but also vastly significant things that have changed the course of my life. The point is, is that God wants to be involved. He doesn't want to be like a Coke machine, I call it, where we just um, put in a prayer coin and wait for an answer and we spit it out and then we go on our way. He wants to process it with you. He wants you to ask him questions that he can give you feedback, not just yes or no. Should I do this? Should I do that? But actually, God, what do you think about this? And then, and then he'll respond and give you feedback. The way that I hear God's voice best, the way that it works for me, and it'll be different for everyone, but in my mind's eye, we call it, in my imagination, I picture me and Jesus sitting on a bench and we're talking. Um, and in that picture, I, I just chat with God like I would with a friend at a coffee shop. And I ask him questions and I ask for his advice. And then I wait and he speaks back to me and then I speak out to him. And it's kind of this weird normal life scenario, granted in my head, but through the Holy Spirit talking. Um, and that's one way that a lot of people can hear God's voice that makes it a bit more relatable. An important question that we need to ask is, am I hearing what God is saying to me today? We are so obsessed with destination. We're so obsessed with what is next that often we forget to involve God in the present and just what's happening today, and we miss it. Can anyone else relate to that? I know I am guilty of often seeking God for future things. Um, and it becomes a danger for us to only want to know the will of God for what is next because we find safety and comfort and security in having control. I know I'm a very planned person. I love organization. I love plans. I love things to be laid out. Um, and that's okay. That's a gift. That's part of how I was created. But there is a danger in being so planned that it becomes that I can create the safety that I need. And then slowly I push out God because I've got it all. I can manage it. I can set everything up. In my flesh, I would love to know the next 20 years of my life. I would love to know where we're going to live, um, what we're going to do, uh, schools my kids might go to. But I think if I knew that, it would stop relationship with God in a weird way. I think I would start trusting in my own ability to provide, my own ability to set up things in my life, rather than trusting that actually, God, I don't know the next step but I trust in who you are. I trust that you are faithful. I trust that you're my provider. And even though I don't see the next two steps or the next step right in front of me, I trust that it will be good. And I go in faith in that. And God will never fail. God will never hurt us. He is always good. He is always best. Even if our circumstances feel differently, his character remains the same. and His character remains good. So along the topic of time, I just want to add that one thing that is key to hearing God's voice is just taking time simply to be with Him. I think a lot of times we're just too busy to take the time to get to know God and just sit in His presence. And it has to be kind of quality time. It can't always be on the run or in the shower. Um, just quality time with God. When you ask the average person nowadays, um, how are they feeling? The average answer back is, oh, I'm so busy. 
I know I'm guilty of that. Often here when people say, oh, how are you doing, Krista? Oh my gosh, I'm just so busy, but I'm good. But I, I do, I feel busy all the time. And we have so many modern um, technologies that are amazing, like smartphones um, and internet and laptops and all these things that are great. And now free Wi-Fi, basically wherever you go. But what they've done is they've managed to, we've managed to put even more things into the same amount of time. And we feel stressed and it's manifesting in anxiety and depression and all these things in our lives because we're just so busy and we have stimulus coming from every which way. And I think we've, in that mix, I think we've forgotten how to calm ourselves down and how to quiet ourselves and our spirit and listen to God because we're so used to getting information thrown at us. It's like a car going 100 miles an hour and then trying to slam its brakes and expect everything to be fine. I think we've got to learn again how to slow down our car, slow down our minds, be still and know that he is God. And from that place of quietness, then engaging with God and listening with him and practicing that and disciplining ourselves um, to get to that point again. I've often challenged by this saying that people who understand and want to hear God's voice will want to hear it when life is uneventful just as much as when they're facing trouble or big questions. And I'm so guilty of often seeking God when life is really hard um, or when I'm really, when someone's sick or when I'm in trouble and I don't know what to do, then I'm like, ah, oh, God, and I really press in in prayer. But then it's easy to slip in when life is just great and easy that I don't take time to hear God. Um, and I want to make it a habit of my life to seek God when things are uneventful just as much as when they are eventful. Now, we're all in a unique time right now with coronavirus. And one thing that most of us have at the moment is time. Well, stay at home moms, you might not have as much, but the rest of us, we do have a lot more time because we can't maybe do the stuff that we're used to be doing outside. So it is the perfect time to reset rhythms in your life um, and make habits of waiting on God and making him a priority again and setting a, a new rhythm that you wanna carry out after this. Um, we need to push ourselves to push in in the West, um, I would say, and the way I grew up too, we're kind of a microwave generation that we want things instantly. I wanna watch TV show. I just watch Netflix or Amazon Prime. I don't even need commercials anymore. Who wants to sit through a commercial, right? Like everything is instant if I want to buy something. Amazon Prime, I've got it the next day. We're so used to not waiting for anything that we just expect things right now. And often you'll hear, and I do that myself, of, well, I've asked God and he's not speaking when really in reality, I waited for like 30 seconds, a minute for an answer, and then I gave up. Well, God's not speaking. He, he's not, he doesn't care about that. He's not involved. No, what good relationship do we just do that to someone? You know, we shut down after 30 seconds because they didn't give us feedback. God wants us to push in. He doesn't just want to be there for a quick feedback. He wants to talk with us. Um, so we need to give him time. So when God speaks to us, it's really important to know that it will always line up with the word of God. Um, and by that, I mean the Bible. They will never contradict each other. And it's, it's basically like a measuring rod that we have for um, hearing God's voice. Charles Stanley, he is the president of In Touch Ministries in the US. And he says it like this. He says, the content of a word that is truly from God will always conform and always be consistent with the truths about God's nature and kingdom that are made clear in the Bible. 
any content or claim that does not conform to biblical truth is not a word from God. God's voice will never tell us to engage in any activity or relationship that is inconsistent with the Holy Scriptures. So anything that God speaks um, needs to line up with what is in the Word. Obviously, all of our life issues and personal struggles, the answers are not laid out in the Bible, right? I'm not going to find word for word (laughs) the answers to the problems I have. But what are in there are principles that help guide those decisions, principles for holy living. It's a little bit, I've been doing a lot of puzzles while in quarantine, maybe some of you can relate. It's a little bit like the borders of a puzzle. Often when you start a puzzle, you do the borders first and they create the framework to which all the other pieces fill in. And the word of God I see is often like that. It's this border that we're like, okay, I know it has to fit what God is saying in these parameters. And if it doesn't, then it's not a word from the Lord. A word from God will always encourage you and build you up. It will produce good fruit in your life, even if it's a word of correction. Um, Like any good father, God will correct us. He brings the gift of conviction. So that's when we feel bad if we've done something that's wrong, where we feel this sense of like, oh, you know, guilty or whatever. Um, That's called conviction. And that's a beautiful thing because without that, we wouldn't lead to repentance. And repentance leads us closer to God. So conviction actually bears good fruit and is a very hopeful thing. And it's very specific. If we do something wrong and Holy Spirit is nagging on you, it'll be very specific. It won't be a general sense. Now, the other word I want to say that is not from God is called condemnation. And that's when you have a very general, hopeless feeling. It's a it's not specific. It just you just feel low like, oh, I just feel like no one loves me and I'm not worth anything. And you just feel for some reason just very low. That is condemnation. And that is not from God. That is from the enemy. And we have all power and all authority to rebuke that and stop listening to that voice and choose to listen to God's. So I want to encourage everyone in their journey of God to practice. Practice means making mistakes. Um, And sometimes we will think we heard from God and it wasn't. And that's okay. It is okay to give someone a word. Usually it's always a, you know, unless you've walked in a long time, it's usually an encouraging word anyway. And it might be awful or it might be wrong. It doesn't matter, guys. You're not going to get better with practicing giving words to people or or being obedient if you only know that you know it's God, because that's not taking faith, right? If you know that it's God, it doesn't really require any risk. And faith is about giving risk. So you have to be able to put yourself out there and be willing to make mistakes. I have um, a good story that just always keeps me humble and reminds me of, it's okay, Krista, to make mistakes. Dare to step out and give this. So I... Um, I've led a lot of DTS outreaches, and quite a few years ago, I led a DTS outreach to Georgia, the country of Georgia. Um, And there was a guy on my team who had problems with his knee, and it hurt when he walked. And um, we happened to be doing a lot of ministry that involved walking, um, so it was really hard for him. There was a lot of days he couldn't join us, or days that we couldn't join the ministry because his knees were hurting too bad. So it was a real issue. And we had been praying um, and asking God to heal him, but it just, it just wouldn't happen. It just, he just wasn't being healed. So about midway through the outreach, we were having a team um, worship time. And my co-leader is playing the guitar and we're worshiping. And it's just really good. And this thought comes to me of like, we, God wants to heal um, his knees. God wants to heal Isaac's knees. And I'm like, okay, God. So how do you want to do that? Like, what are you saying? 
And I, I had this picture of duct tape. In England, they call it silver tape, I believe. Um, and I was like, okay, duct tape, that's strange. What are you saying with God? And I felt like God was saying, I want you to duct tape Isak's knees together. I was like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> and then I felt like to add on to that, that God said, and then I want him to jump three times and he will be healed. So I'm mulling this over as they're worshiping. I'm like, this is so weird. Is this from God? But then like this faith rises up in me and I'm like, you know what? Jesus spat into dirt and made mud and put it on his eyes and healed a blind man. That was weird. That's not normal. We read about that sometimes casually thinking that's like, that's weird guys. So I was like, this is one of those weird moments where, where Isaac's going to be healed and we'll talk about it for years to come. I'm like, this is it. God has it. So I stop the team and I'm like, I, this is what I feel the Lord's saying. And I share with them. <laughs> and I'm the leader of this team, so I carry a little bit of authority, naturally. And they, they kind of look at me like, have you lost it? But then they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do this. So they all get engaged. I run to my room and I grab duct tape. And, you know, one of, one of them is playing guitar. They're worshiping. Two of us are taping Isaac's knees, so he's taped together. And then I'm like, okay, on the count of three, Isaac jumps. One, two, three. And we all look at them and we're like, are you healed? Are, are you better? And he's like, I can't walk. I don't know. You duct taped my knees. I have no idea. So we're like, all right, right, right. We untape his knees and he walks around uh, the flat that we were in. And he's like, uh, sorry, guys. And he was truthful. He's like, the pain is still there. And I was like, no, no, I'm not giving into this. We're doing it again. <laughs> so we play the guitar. The worship is going. We're praying. We do the whole thing again, duct tape him. We count one, jump, two, jump, three, jump. Isak walks, we untape him, nothing. Seriously, nothing. Like he was at the same pain level as before. And we all kind of just sat and stared at each other and we're like, what was that? And it was quiet and then we just burst out laughing. Like that was so weird and actually probably was not from God. It was probably just me and I thought of duct tape and then it went over and spun into this whole thing. And we just laughed. And I went to bed that night and I lay in my bed and I just lay there and I was like, well, God, that was a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, I'm so, that was so off. And I, I was kind of like, what was that? And I felt like God spoke to me and said, Krista, I'm so proud of you that you dared to do that. That wasn't me, but I'm so proud that you didn't give in to fear of man or think it was too weird. I'm glad that you tried. And I'm so proud that you tried. And I went to bed with this sense of like, yeah, you know what? It was very humbling and embarrassing, but I tried. And above all, God is so pleased with me. And that's enough for me, more than any embarrassment could ever be. And the next weeks and days, I saw the fruit of it in terms of the rest of my team was no longer afraid to share the things they thought that God was saying. Because let's be honest, nothing can be weirder than what I just did. So they all of a sudden were like, I think God is saying this. And sometimes it was right. And sometimes it was maybe not right. But that's okay, God. Guys, journeying with God and learning to hear his voice is about taking risks. And it's about stepping out there and trying to be obedient. He's not going to give you big things if you're not obedient to him in the, the really little things. So, Guys, to end, uh, I just want to encourage each one of you, where you're at in your journey with God, to step out. Um, if you're struggling with believing that God speaks to you, ask God for faith. Ask God um, to bring you the faith that you need to trust, actually, that He can speak to me. Um, if you need to repent of fear or doubt, do so. 
just get to the place where you're like, actually, I desire to hear God. I want to believe that he speaks to me and I want to listen to him. I had a point in this quarantine a few days ago where I just felt hopeless. Maybe some of you have been through there watching way too much news and just felt really discouraged and um, down. And then I felt like, okay, I need to go spend time in God's presence. And I spoke with God um, and he gave me this picture. I'm not going to share it all right now with you guys, but he, he gave me this picture that really lifted my spirits and really brought joy and changed my entire posture. And I think that's what words of the Lord do. They bring hope, they bring life. And now whenever I start to go back into that despair, I think of that picture and the things that God spoke and I realign and I go, no, God said this and this is my posture now and it brings me life. And it does for you guys too. And I want each and every one of you to be able to experience that in your walk with him. So I'm gonna leave you with two questions that you can answer or journal or just chew on and pray over. Um, one is, do you really believe that God wants to speak to you? And if you do really believe that he does, are you making time for that? Is that shown in your life? Are you prioritizing taking time out to listen to the voice of the Lord? And number two, are you letting God speak into all areas of your life, your hobbies, your work, your education, maybe your family, or are you limiting him to only certain areas of your life? God wants to speak to everything in your life. I want to recommend a book to you. It's a really good book. It's by Dallas Willard. I wish I had it for you here. I don't because I read it on Kindle. But it's called Hearing God, Developing a Personal, uh, a Conversational Relationship with God. It's a really good book. Highly recommend it to you if you want to go deeper. It's really practical and it's also an easy read. Um, so that's it. I'm going to pray with you and bless you and ask that God would just give you greater desire to hear his voice. So Lord, I thank you that you created us with the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit to hear your voice and to respond to you, to listen to you and to engage with you, Lord. I pray for each and every person watching this video, Lord, that they would be filled with a measure of faith, that they too can hear the voice of God and that they would pursue you even in greater depths than they are now, Lord. Thank you that you're a relational God. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're speaking your love to us every day. Thank you that we can trust you, that you are utterly faithful, God. And I pray that each person would be able to engage with that and walk further in maturity um, in knowing you in their personal relationship with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, I want to encourage you to check out our other videos that are in this series. Um, follow us on Facebook again. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Check us out. There's lots of really great teachings that's coming and that's out there. Um, and we'd love for you guys to listen. So thanks for listening and have a really great day.